not restarting, but you, you did miss the first however many minutes. I don't know. Anyway, so it's all good. So basically, they, they uh, uh, wow. <laughs> Man, this is gone. Uh, first Corinthians chapter 9. Uh, sorry, it's been, it's been a busy few days. Uh, so they basically are like, why, why are we following this guy anyway? You know, uh, who, who is Paul? I understand he came and he planted the church, but why, why are we even, well, what are we doing here? Why are, why are we supporting this guy? Why are we, well, why wouldn't he just get a job like everybody else? You know, and there's a lot of people who have that mindset, like, why shouldn't a pastor just work like everybody else? And um, a, lot of, a lot of pastors do. Um, most church planting pastors, uh, we call them tent makers because that's what Paul was in the book of Acts, right? Uh, he did all this stuff and he had a job. He was a tent maker. Um, and so uh, I just make more elaborate tents. But anyway, uh, <laughs> anyway, so it, it's all good. But the, the, the point here is, so they've been asking these questions. And so uh, I don't have a, a ton of... Uh, content today just because there's been a lot going on, but I do have kind of an outline that we're going to follow as we go through this. And uh, as we go through this passage, uh, you're going to see that there's three ways the opposition the opposition is going to attack you from afar. Because we live in a culture where there's really not that many aggressive people anymore because everybody uh, is passive aggressive. Uh, everybody can... Uh, it drives me crazy. Like, if you've got an issue, I'd rather you just come and talk to me about it. Um, but anyway, we live in this culture of, of passive aggressiveness. Um, and there, there's three ways that we kind of see just right here through this passage that the opposition is going to attack you. But it's not up in your face. It's, you know, they want to throw darts from far away. And everybody wants to throw shade, but then, you know, not say that they threw shade. And you know, it, that's kind of what goes on. And so uh, the first way that people, and I say people because... Uh, the adversary uses people. You know, we understand, we talked about this last night, the marriage thing. Uh, the problem in your marriage is not your spouse. The problem in your marriage really, honestly, isn't you. It, the problem is uh, we have an adversary. Now, they also also say that um, the opposition is people, but the adversary uses people every day. He uses them as tools, right? Uh, he uses me as a tool sometimes to just act like a tool. You know, you ever been there? And... Uh, Ask my wife. She'll tell you. Uh, it's just how it works. And so three ways that they're going to attack you. And so the first way is they question your identity. We see that in the first couple verses. They question your identity. Who are you anyway? Why are you special? Why do you think you're so special, Paul? Why don't you go get a job, dude? You know, that's basically what they call him out on. They question your identity. You ever had anybody in life, whether it be at work or uh, even, God forbid, in the church, and they're like, who are you anyway? Where did you get your authority? Who died and made you king, right? You ever heard that? You know, whatever it is. And, you know, you got people who nobody wants to, you know, you, you, think, you're a, you think you're a good mom, huh? And, and it looks like this, right? You think you're a, a good husband, huh? Well, I mean, I wouldn't want that. And, you know, we, they question your identity. They, they try to make you think that you're not who you know to be, Right? And so uh, one of the easiest ways that the adversary can get under your skin is to take away the things that you know of yourself, right? When you know nothing of yourself, right, when it feels like the world is just blowing you up from all different directions, the one thing that you can have is identity in Christ, right? If nothing else, uh, you know, and, and I gave you guys a testimony last night, and I'm going to clarify some things next week as we get into to that, but uh, I gave you guys a testimony last night that was pretty raw, um, but for the most part, uh, I want you to understand that at that point in my life, like, I didn't even have that. I didn't have... So that's where, you know, if you're a follower of Christ, if, you, if you're a disciple, if nothing else, you have that to hold on to. You have an identity in Christ. And, and so that's what they do. The first thing, he says, am I not an apostle? 
He's, he's like, okay, I know what y'all are saying, but hang on a minute. He's like, am I not an apostle? Am I, am I not free? Yeah, I'm not bound by, by anything here. Uh, uh, have I not seen Jesus Christ our Lord? Uh, have, have you not heard, you know, the story of, you know, uh, the beam of light from heaven on the road to Damascus? Because uh, that happened. Uh, I've, I've been there. I've, 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 I know this. When somebody's like, man, you can take your Christianity and, you know, whatever. You're just a hypocrite, blah, blah, blah. And, and, and am I not free? Am I not different than I used to be? Am I not now freer than I've ever been? Now, does that mean my life is great? No, not even close. But uh, it, it does mean that he's like, I, he's like, am I not free? Am I, am, I'm not bound to sin anymore. He says, uh, have I not seen Jesus Christ our life? Is that not your testimony? Have you not at some point in your life met Christ face to face, realized that there was actually truth in the Word of God and not just words on a page, so much so that it caused you to like, take action? It caused you to fall on your face and say, I- I'm, I'm not that good, but you are, Lord, and I believe it. Now, I'll do everything from, from now forward to, to be what you want me to be. Probably won't be that good at it, but like, have you not met Christ face to face? Like they try to to attack his identity, and, and he's like, "Hang on a minute. Have I not seen Jesus Christ or Jesus Christ our Lord? Are ye not my work in the Lord?" He's like, "No, you're going to question my authority. I came to you humbly, and like was I shared the gospel with you. It would be like your disciple coming to you in life, and you know later on and being like, "Yeah, but you know that guy. He's really not that." I'm like what? You know, the guy who discipled me, most of you guys probably know the story, it, it, he's kind of wayward right now. Um, I'm not for even a second going to take away what the Lord did through him in my life because it changed my life. And so, like, I'm not, I'm not going to throw shade at the guy. And so that would be like, you know, the person that you disciple coming and being like, yeah, but they didn't, they're not really that great anyway. Like, he, he's like, I came to you humbly. I gave you everything I had. You know, and he's like, are you not my work in the Lord? If I be not an apostle unto others, yet doubtless I am to you. He's like, you don't even know what I've done in these other towns. You don't even know these other churches. And But you should at least know what I've done here, right? You should at least know that when I was there, what did I ask of you? Absolutely nothing. I wasn't asking for nothing. I just wanted to be real with you all. Like, I just shared what I had. And he, he's like, am I not an apostle unto others, yet doubtless unto to you? For the seal of mine apostleship are you and the Lord. He's like, if there's anything that's going to seal my, my identity to y'all, it's you. Right? It, it would be like somebody questioning me. You, you know me. I'm always trying to find an analogy to make things stick and whatnot. And uh, It would be like, you know, you guys coming and being like, you, you went off the deep end, Jason. And that's fine. Like, maybe I have. I don't know. Uh, but... At the end of the day, is is not the passport class what I like would breathe and die for? Like that would be my seal in the Lord at this point. You know, it would be like I, that's fine. You all want somebody different. You all want something different. Like I, I didn't ask for this in the first place. This is a God thing. Um, but uh, actually, I tried to turn it away uh, at the time. Not now. You can't get rid of me now. Um, but like, I, the point is, it, it would be like. Somebody being like, well, where, where do you have authority to do what you're doing? And I'd be like, I don't have any authority, but you know what I do have? Uh, I've got proof. And, I mean, I look around the room, and, and nearly every person's life in this room at some point throughout just your life, 
right? Your growth, things that you've been through. And it's like, I, I take those things personal. Paige and I, like, we, we, we breathe and die through y'all's lives because that's what we do. That's what we're called to do uh, as, as quote-unquote pastors. And obviously she's not a pastor. She's, but, you know, as, as a pastor's wife, like, we, we give everything we've got. And for somebody to come at me, and I'm using an analogy here because nobody is, um, but it, for somebody to come at Paul and be like, where did you even get this authority in the first place? And he's just like, dude, like everything I've done has been for you, for through you. And, you know, I've sacrificed so many personal things. Like that is the proof. If, if nothing else, is that not the proof of who I am? Like why would you question in the first place? And that's the first thing that the world uh, or opposition is going to try to do. They're going to try to question who you are, who you claim to be. And so, you know, whether you're at work, whether you're uh, in, in, in the home, whether you're like, it doesn't matter. It's going to come from all directions. But let me just tell you this, because I've been there. Hopefully you haven't, but it probably will happen. Uh, it hurts worse when it's friendly fire. Uh, it hurts worse when it comes from uh, inside the home. It hurts worse when it comes from inside the church, right? It hurts worse when it comes from somebody that is like, man, I thought we was, thought we was on the same team here. Uh, so just understand, they're going to question your identity. And if nothing else... I mean, you should have an identity. Like, you have identity in Christ no matter what. Like, if, if the entire world, look back at Job, like God, Satan's like, I'll just take everything from him. And God's like, you can take everything but his life. And what did he do? He still doesn't, doesn't give up. But like, if nothing else, if you lost everything else, you have identity in Christ. But the good thing is, that's not where we're at. The good thing is, in your life, I'll just look at my life. Like, uh, yes, I have identity in Christ. I have identity in the fact that uh, I'm married to the most beautiful woman on the planet. I have identity in the fact that uh, I have three kids that I would do absolutely anything for. Now, do they always do the right thing, especially Brenton? Not really, but I'm, <laughs> I'm totally kidding. Uh, I'm just, he's here. So, uh, raising three teenagers is great. Uh, you sleep a lot and, you know, and it's all good. I'm kidding. But, huh? You're scary. <laughs> oh, I've, I'll pray for you a lot. Uh, no, I'm, I'm kidding. Uh, no, I have identity in the fact that, um, you know, I have purpose here at Heartland and that there's people that uh, count on the things that we do. Um, and, you know, that you have identity in so many different things. You know, you have a quote-unquote reputation in the way that you handle yourself in, in your, your work life, which, I mean, I don't know anybody in here that's just like, I don't work. Like, I understand uh, the, the ladies that, that don't have a quote-unquote uh, real job uh, work more than we do. And so, no, I understand. Uh, it, the, the, next, time, ne- next time somebody asks you if you're a quote-unquote stay-at-home mom, what your job title is, you're a domestic engineer. <laughs> I mean, tell me that that's not true. Sounds a lot better than homemaker. I'm telling you. Like, that's what I am. Question me. Uh, anyway, uh, they're going to question your identity. And so understand who you are, first and foremost in the Lord, but um, in, in your marriage, uh, in your family, in, in the church, in the body of Christ, in your job. Understand who you are because uh, God has put you where you're at for a reason. Nobody ever just comes across a situation and is like, wow, I wonder how I found it, wound up here. Uh, we talked about this a little bit last night. There are no coincidences. God is ordaining everything that happens in our lives, even... Before we get saved. Now, does that mean that he's bringing us to a point of salvation? He's calling us to a decision. He'll never make the decision for you, right? That's where your Calvinist friends will get you off a little bit, and they'll say, oh, well, I have no choice in the matter. I'm either going to get saved or I won't. You are going to get saved or you won't, but it's your choice. 
Uh, that's free will, and God gave it to every person. Now, go back to the testimony I gave last night. He might leave breadcrumbs trying to like lead you along the way, but at some point you still have to make the decision, right? And so that's the, the beauty of Christianity uh, as a whole. So they're going to question your identity. That's the first thing. The next thing that they're going to question, and you might be like, I don't quite track with this, and this is the part that it's like, I don't really like to talk about this because, you know, this is where people are like, see, I told you the church is only after your money. Uh, they're going to question your income. They're going to question your income. And that's kind of what this whole chapter is about. And so uh, he kind of gets into it. And they're going to question your income. They're like, Paul, you know what? I might think that you are genuine if you weren't trying to, like, pull out everybody's pockets. Well, read in and you'll, you'll, you'll see what he's talking about. He says, uh, he says, my answer to them that do examine me is this. Y'all are questioning me, so here, I'm going to defend myself. Have we not power to eat and drink? He's like, uh, do you guys like to have dinner? Because I do. Like, uh, that's part of uh, being a human is you gotta, you got to have something to eat. Have we not power to lead about a sister or a wife? Meaning, uh, we have families to take care of. Like, I, money doesn't grow on trees. You ever told your kids that? I'm just saying, uh, this is how it goes. Uh, as well as the other apostles and, and brethren, as Lord and Cephas. Or I only and Barnabas. Have not we power to, be, to uh, forbear working? Meaning like, with everything that we do for the ministry, is it not probably okay for us to not have a quote-unquote job so that we can get the work of Christ done? Uh, is that not all right? It's what he's asking, basically. And then he, he's like, let me use an example because I know you guys aren't tracking with me. Who goeth a warfare at any time on his own charges? He's like, uh, when's the last time the army went and you know, said, oh, we're going to go fight, and by the way, we're going we're gonna, to you know, finance this thing too? No. You're going to sign up to go fight. The country's at least going to pay the bill. No, he's like, that's not how this works. Now, I'm out here warring. Uh, why, do, why should I have to finance it is what he's saying. And you know, we'll get into the, the meaning behind all this in a minute. But this is what he's saying. Who planteth a vineyard and eateth not the fruit thereof? Man, y'all around here, some of you like to have a garden, right? We grow weeds really well at my house. But uh, uh, it's because life is busy. But uh, if Pam was here, man, y'all don't, don't even understand like, what a garden is. She's, you know, but who, who grows something and isn't like, I'm going to try this. This looks good, right? Uh, that's, that's what we do. Why wouldn't we? Like, I've labored here. Why shouldn't I receive a little bit here? That's what he's saying. Um, or who feedeth the flock and eateth not the milk of the flock? Right? Say these things as a man, or saith the law the same thing? He's like, so am I the only one who's saying this? No, this isn't just my opinion. Go back to the law because y'all are like, you know, what about what, what's the law say back in the Old Testament? He's like, okay, well, let me just reference something for you then. If that's your question, if you're like, well, it doesn't say this back there, he says in verse 9, For it is written in the law of Moses, Thou shalt not muzzle the mouth of the ox that treadeth out the corn. Doth God take care of ox? Take care for oxen? What does that mean? So back in the day, we didn't have big shiny tractors, you know, right, and combines and all that that uh, did all the farming for us, where we just sat in the air conditioning. And uh, I say all that kind of in jest because it is a lot nicer to farm than it probably was then. But at the same time, uh, there's still a lot of work that goes into it. Like, don't don't be like throwing shade at Doug because he's got a combine and everything else. Like, why wouldn't you? But the point is, like, back in the day, uh, there was no machinery. And so they had an oxen that would pull the plow and whatnot. And so, or when they were harvesting, you know, they would do that. And what it says, muzzle the ox, they didn't, they wouldn't put something over their mouth to where they weren't, like, grazing as they were eating. 
Because he's like, do you muzzle the ox? No, you let them eat of the corn as they go because it continues to make them want to go, right? Sometimes you got to... It, it's it's it, it, maybe not the exact same thing, but it's kind of like giving fruit snacks to a kid. Like, you, just a l- little bit more, right? Animal crackers, whatever it is. Like, <laughs> it, it, do, do you muzzle the ox when you're trying to get work out of them? No, you allow them to have a little bit of what they're doing. And he's like, did, did God write that in the Old Testament because he really cares for oxen? No. He wrote that because everything in the Old Testament is picturing something in the New Testament. And he's saying, like, a pastor is a type of an oxen. Uh, do you muzzle the, the mouth of the pastor? Like, is he supposed to minister your family and every other family in the church? Is he supposed to get ready to teach multiple times a week? Is he supposed to go and visit people when they're sick? Is he supposed to uh, minister to the lost? Is he, supposed to get a, is he supposed to do all that during the day and then, I guess, go have a night job and work, you know, 9 to 5 at night? No. It doesn't work like that. That is the occupation that God has called him to. And so there needs to be something that goes with that. Now, I'll also say this. At Heartland, just because I want to make sure everybody's clear here, uh, I think there's, there's two... There's, we have a, a pastoral team, right? There's seven of us. Uh, I think there's two pastors that, that get paid here. Brian and Randy's the associate pastor. And I promise, if, either, if any of you were to ever see what either one of them made, and I'm not going to go there, uh, you would be embarrassed for the work that they do and for what they live on. And that's all I'm going to say about it. So anybody who ever wants to throw shade, especially at HBF, like them's fighting wars with me because you don't understand uh, the work that these guys do. And the other, the rest of us, you know, we're what they call lay pastors. You know, we're just, uh, we do this on, uh, not really on the side because it really is full time, but uh, uh, this is what we do. And so uh, anyway, that's how we do it at HBF. Just so everybody's kind of clear. I don't want anybody to feel like I'm pulling like the lampshades down or uh, that's not how it works. Like, I don't know if I should say this, but I'm going to tell you a story. Uh, I love it when my wife's like, oh, don't say that. Uh, it has nothing to do with her. Usually it is something to do with her. So there was a few years ago that, uh, for whatever reason, like giving it at HBF has always been really good. Like the, the church is like boomed. This thing went from like nothing to where we're at now, and God's just blessing it. But anyway, there was a, a few years back that like all of a sudden it just kind of like not dried up, but things shrunk down a lot. And it was like, what are we going to do? Because at the time, we did have three guys on staff. Tom was here, so we had two associate pastors because there, there was just a lot happening. And things were. And so uh, Tom left, not for bad reasons, but he, he went to plant the church in Las Cruces. And so it was just, but anyway, like we do the budget thing, all the different things, and all the stuff that nobody really cares about, right, until it's your own family. But anyway, I'm just telling you the story to kind of understand. And just so you can understand your pastor a little bit better. And I'm not talking about me because I'm just a dude. But uh, things were tight and they were trying to figure out where they could cut out certain things and certain you know ministry budgets. And like, what are we going to cut down? And uh, Brian uh, was just like, no, we're just going to take it out of my salary. It's all good. Next point. And everybody was like, no, you can't do that. And he's like, next point. Uh, that's the pastor that, you know, Y'all have, I'm just saying. Uh, most people don't know that because we don't talk about money around here very often because, you know, it, obviously money makes the world go around, but we don't worship it. You know, we're worshiping God. We're trying to get the work of God done while we can. But it, since this is where we're at, I'm just going to tell you, like, that's the guy that we, we follow. You know, I would, I would charge hell with a squirt gun with Brian just because he was like, I think we can win. And be like, <laughs> let's go. Let's go. And I'm just saying. So, you know, when you have somebody like that, you, you just tend to want to follow them. You just tend to... You know, like, okay, like, I, I can get behind that. 
sacrificial love, right? That's what we're talking about. So anyway, they'll, they'll question your income. So he goes on and he's like, are we going to uh, muzzle the ox that treads out the corn? Oh, I lost my spot. Uh, Yes, verse 10. Or saith he all, it, it all together for our sakes. He's like, or maybe was he saying these things for us to learn something uh, for our sakes? Where am I at? Uh, verse 10. Uh, for our sakes, no doubt, for this is written, uh, that he that ploweth should plow in hope, and he that threshes should hope in hope should be partaker of his hope. If we have sown unto you spiritual things, is it a great thing if we should reap your carnal things? He's like, if I've given my life and everything that I've got, for y'all to have the gospel and for y'all to have a church that, you know, can uh, glorify God and can get things done. And now I've went down the road and I'm doing the same thing over here. Uh, if I've sown everything spiritual that I can into your life, wouldn't it be all right if I received just a little bit of the carnal monetary, you know, so I had something to eat tonight? Wouldn't that probably be okay? That's what he's asking. And you might be like, see, Paul, he's twisting things around. Well, you're going to find out that, uh, by the way, he's never asked a dime from anybody at Corinth. They're just convicted huh it's funny how that works but that's what he's, he's trying to prove the point he's just like wouldn't wouldn't it be okay if all i do is everything for the gospel wouldn't it be okay if you know i got a little bit of something in return you know i'm not saying i need to live in a 10 bedroom house and you know drive six cars and have a helicopter like some of these mega church pastors do but wouldn't it probably be okay if you know my kids were able to you know have shoes uh and you know maybe eat and uh, i'm just just saying anyway Verse 12, if others be partakers of this power over you, are we not, or are not we rather? Nevertheless, we have not used this power. He's like, by the way, I haven't asked of anything from you, not once. Um, we've not used this power, but suffer all things, lest we should hinder the gospel of Christ. He's like, I know how things go in Corinth, Corinth and y'all are worshiping the dollar. So I never even once asked anything of you because I knew the second I did, you guys would think that I was trying to steal from you. That's kind of like him saying, uh, since you brought it up, I'll just call you out. Um, you know, I, I never ask a dime because I know how y'all are. Do you, uh, do you not think, verse 13, uh, do you not know that they which minister about holy things live of the things of the temple? And they that wait on the altar are partakers with the altar? In the Old Testament, when they had the temple, uh, the priests were able to what? Uh, take a little bit of the, the, the sacrifice, you know, to sustain themselves. That was okay. And he's like, and the, the people who, you know, tended to the altar, did they not what? Uh, eat of the things that were brought as sacrifice to the altar? Like, that's how it worked, right? You know, the problem is a lot of times you would get priests like Eli's sons, uh, and, you know, they were acting like a bunch of idiots. But for the most part, like, the picture is, it, this is how God has designed it. This is how it's supposed to go. Verse 14, Even so hath the Lord ordained that they which preach the gospel should live of the gospel. It was like it was God's plan all along. If I'm going to give my life for the gospel, then I should live of the gospel. Meaning, not only do I live it out and live it in as a picture of, like, that's my lifestyle, but also in the fact of, like, if I've been called to be a pastor, a full-time pastor, like, uh, I have that, that's what I do. I'm not going to let my brain space be consumed with uh, how I'm going to complete the next job, right? I'm how I'm going to build the next house. Why? Because I've been called to not to only focus on the things of what God has for me, the church, right? That's that's where I'm at. Like, do, do you really want Pastor Brian to go get a job? Because I I promise he could. The dude was uh, he was. Let me just be honest. He was making a lot of money before he came here. Uh, he was a draftsman and designing uh, big buildings uh, for big jobs. And uh, 
God called him here. Praise the Lord. But I'm just saying, like, is that what you want him to do? Because then his brain space is consumed, at least for a short, short amount of time, with being a good employee, right? So that's hard to do. So that's what, it's, it, that's what it says. Verse, so he's like, if I've been... If I've been ordained to preach the gospel, I'm going to live of the gospel. He's like, so if you're going to question my income, uh, yeah, churches support me. It's like a missionary. Um, they walk by so much faith. They go and they ask people to support them, uh, you know, just so many dollars a month, whatever you want to give. And they spend sometimes years getting people to support them just so they can have, you know, maybe four or $5,000 a month. Because if you didn't know, most places in the world cost a lot more to live, especially like European countries and things like that. So they, they have to figure out how they're going to live and do ministry. And they're like, okay, we finally have our support. And they move their family. They move everything in their life to a different place for what? To pray that the people who said they were going to do something, they're actually going to do it. Because at any point they're like, yeah, I don't really like what you're doing over there anymore. Uh, well, guess what? I, I, by faith, just trusted that you were going to. And so that's why, you know, HBF, with, we have a, a missions board. And, you know, when we support missionaries, we take it pretty seriously. And, you know, we have a certain amount that we support. You know, we've, I, I can't even tell you the number, but there's, uh, I think, uh, there's a lot. We, we support a lot uh, full-time. We support a lot of them in different ways. I don't want to say numbers, but, like, 15 or 20 guys, like, that we've got behind. And, like, this is... This is what we're going to do. And so, you know, since we're talking about money and we're talking about missionaries, I don't know how we got there, but uh, at HBF, uh, our quote-unquote tithe, um, HBF takes uh, 11% of what comes in. And that's just Brian's number. He's like, I want to give 11%. No matter what comes in in the regular giving, Brian takes 11% of it, uh, and it's set aside for missions. That is our tithe to, to God. Right, just like in your own personal budget, you, there should be a tithe, and we'll, we've talked about that before, and I don't want to get into that. But anyway, so there's a tithe. He takes 11%. We take 11%. He doesn't ever see the money. Uh, it all goes through the, the office, and that's another thing I really love about Brian is he honestly doesn't he, – he sees the numbers on the page. But, like, he, you could be like, hey, I want, to, I want to give to the church, and Brian would be like, you ain't giving it to me. Uh, you know, it, it just that's not how it works. He won't take your – anyway. So anyway, uh, 11% goes to missions right off the top. And so we take that, and over time, as we see that there's you know X amount in the budget, so we, we support people as we go. The point here is, like, when you decide that's the lifestyle you're going to live by faith for God, it, it's, it's okay to take a little bit. It's okay to... It would be like... It, it's, it's so weird, and I know we're pretty much out of time, but it, oh, we're not going to get through 18 verses, but we got through 14, so <laughs> I win. Uh, <laughs> Uh, it, it, you said six, so uh, it, would, it would be like, we look at churches and pastors and we're like, I, they're just stealing from people. They're just taking their money, right? They don't, they don't need that. They don't deserve that. They don't blah, 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 because that's what it is. It's a bunch of talk. And it would be like me being like, hey, Mitch, uh, how many days do you got to work this week? I don't, I don't know. I think you need to get paid for that. You know, well, why not? <laughs> right? We tried that in the army when the government yeah. shutdown happened. We're yeah. like, oh, we're not doing nothing. That's not how Yeah. It, it would be like me, because uh, we, we kind of live by faith in the sense of, like, I, the only paycheck I get is when we when, when the phone rings and we have jobs and things like that. And it, would, it would be like me, you know, getting done building your house or, you know, uh, remodeling your house. And you'd be like, I mean... 
yeah, this is what the materials cost, but I don't really think your time was worth that much. So I'm, I'm actually only going to pay you this much. And I'd be like, actually, that's not how this works. Uh, <laughs> but yet, when we come to the quote-unquote church, we're like, but do they really deserve it? Uh, the next time your boss says, do you really deserve this paycheck, you're going to want to deck the guy. Okay, well, stop questioning if the pastor really deserves, because I promise um, y- y'all don't understand. That's all I'll tell you. You just don't understand the guy that, that we follow here at HBF. And I say the guy, I mean, I'll, I'll do anything. You know, Brian has proved himself a hundred times over. But, you know, we don't follow a man, we follow Christ. First Corinthians 11 one says, follow me as I follow Christ. And that's, that's Brian's mindset. But the point here is like, why, why do we do this? This is why I don't like talking about this. Because it's like, we're talking about money. Nobody, I'm just saying, why do we do this? Why is it offensive that we you know, pay our pastor? Why is it offensive that Paul was like, I, I got to eat? Why, why is that offensive? I don't know. But it's dumb. And so we'll wrap up next week. So they'll question your identity. They'll question your income. And then the last thing that they'll do, and we'll get it next week, is uh, they question your integrity. And that's really where it starts to hit home. He's like, okay, you're going to question that. And then they really start to, you know, they really start to throw some darts. And uh, that's what people will do. They'll question your integrity. Uh, and then you get to decide, as the Christian, if you're actually going to have any or not. And so, anyway, we'll get to that next week uh, and we'll get going. So, sorry I didn't get done, but it is what it is. So, uh, let's pray. We'll get, uh, we'll get, we'll get out of here. Um, Big Bill's going to be in there, so I'm excited. Pray for Brian as he's out. Um, he's teaching a couple different times. Pray for... Uh, Amy and Elizabeth, you know, remember Elizabeth just had um, an appendectomy. Yeah, so, like, he was in Boston on a mission trip, and, you know, she was supposed to go with him, and she's got to get her appendix taken out, and so she's still recovering from that. Amy's at home trying to keep all the things, and so um, good times being a pastor and a pastor's wife sometimes. And so I promise, like, sometimes people are like, Brian's out all the time. Well, no, he's not, really. Um, there's, and it just happened to be two weeks in a row, and I promised that he would rather be here. But sometimes it's just what, that's what happens. And so let's pray. Father, I love you. I thank you for today. Uh, I thank you for being good to us, Lord. I thank you for your word. And Lord, I do pray that uh, we don't find ourselves like the Corinthian church was, where we're um, just questioning uh, whether um, the leadership is worth uh, their reward. And so, uh, Lord, I pray that uh, we would just uh, take what we have to take and get what we have to get and uh, the rest of it Lord I would just rather uh, see rewards in heaven and I pray that we would just have that mindset Lord I pray for the people in Passpoint as we go out this week and we endeavor to uh, just shine light into a pretty dark world that you would use us uh, just as um, your ambassadors Uh, Lord there's a lot of things happening this week and it's busy as normal uh, Lord, but we do just pray that you would use us and pray for the marriage class this coming weekend again and uh, Lord, for the preparation that goes into that. I pray for uh, just church this morning as we uh, hear your word from Pastor Bill, um, that it would just be a word fitly spoken and uh, that you would just get all the honor and the glory. Pray for Pastor Brian and his family um, this week and uh, just that you would uh, use him as he's out and be with Amy and Elizabeth as they're at home. And so I just pray this all in Christ's name. Amen. All right, guys, I'll see you.